This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics, and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Today, we're going to cover the book Hooked by Nir Eyal. As for who recommended the book, it was recommended by Mark Goodman. That is Mark Goodman at Future Crimes on Twitter, markgoodman.net on the internet, author of Future Crimes, and a self-titled Global Security Advisor and Futurist. He's also the one who recommended the first book that we reviewed, The Inevitable by Kevin Kelly, which, uh, as you covered before, was uh, an interesting recommendation given Mark Goodman's particular proclivities, which you can say more about, Eric. Yeah, uh, we talked a little bit about it in, in the inevitable, but with with future crimes, interesting book on uh, on how technology could be used in crimes. One that stuck out, Jason, you mentioned came straight out of a movie, but just even adjusting uh, GPS a little bit on a on an airplane to where a pilot thinks he's landing on the runway, but uh, he's actually uh, it's actually negative two hundred feet down so he crashes right into uh into the ground die hard too baby yeah so but yeah excellent book um it's it's getting up there in in age now i mean you know within the 10 year last 10 years or something but um but still a, a good one and, and one that was uh was a good read so the author of this book is near y'all and he's got his web, i like his website how about how about we say near Eyal? Okay. It's, it, he's Israeli. That. Okay. <laughs> uh, I like his website. It's nearandfar.com. N-I-R. And, yeah, N-I-R and far. He's an Israeli-American author, educator, and entrepreneur. He frequently writes about how technology shapes our beha- user behavior by creating new habits. Uh, has and that's, that's for- habits as in like the things that people do habitually rather than like the things that uh, monks or nuns might wear. He actually defines it. He says habits are automatic behaviors triggered by situational cues. It's the things we do with little or no conscious thought. That's uh, right in the intro there. <laughs> um, so it did actually help set the stage for, for the rest of the book as well. He holds an MBA from, uh, from a small California school called Stanford and a BA from Emory in Atlanta. Ah, Emory's so, a good school. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to uh, the the overview here. Now, this is, of course, a book that I did not read. Eric did read. So this is going to be one of our um, more interview style episodes where I'm going to uh, interview Eric about what he thought of this book on his read. So let's go ahead and start with the overview and initial reactions. Eric, what is this book about and what were your initial reactions to it? Uh, again, considering this for someone who may not have read this book. Yeah, and I'm going to just start by reading a quote of his from the very beginning of the book where he says, this book teaches innovators how to build products to help people do the things they already want to do, but for lack of a solution, don't do. So that's a great, uh, that, that's a great description of the approach of this book. And I found it, hel- found it helpful on two fronts. The first front was if you're, if you're in technology or you're an app developer or a designer, 
just a, a really a call to arms of sorts of, of how best to use that power on affecting behavior. Uh, because you you can make people get addicted, you can make them do really bad things, or or you can encourage them to 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 do really good things, uh, whether that's exercise or or, or eating right. Uh, the other the other side of the book that uh, I thought was really helpful was to to view this as a consumer of these things, and, and maybe not just a producer, but a, a consumer. He, here are, are ways that people can hook you and and. As I put in my review of this book on on the website, we have some of the top graduates. They're they're not going to Wall Street anymore. They're they're going to Silicon Valley, and they're, and they're trying to figure out ways to get you to stay on the website longer, to so that uh, the companies get more ad revenue. So you're you're up against against really bright people trying to to get you addicted and hooked. Uh, how how best can you realize that that's what's going on in in a lot of the programs that you're using, and how can you protect yourself? So it's 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 good on both of those fronts, whether you're a producer of these things or a consumer. Let's get to a few favorite quotes then to to start with to get some indication of of sort of how this book how this book goes. So. Uh, is there one one specific or a few specific? Uh, are there a few specific quotes that uh, that come to mind for uh, what characterizes this book or or his uh, his insights in this book? Yeah, uh, one uh, short one here is to initiate action. Doing must be easier than thinking. So a lot of the book follows this kind of just how how best do you get people to to initially get in. Um, uh, once they're there, how do you, how do you keep them there? Uh, whether it's reward system or, or something like that. So uh, even even with the design, uh, you, you know, even speaking to the design um, aspect on, on this quote, doing must be easier than thinking. So he would give examples of of even Twitter and, and their iteration of their homepage over over the years. Of at first it was uh, more complex than it is now, and, and really trying to get you to to experience it. Um, and, and not have to think too much about doing it, just just kind of diving in deep. So that, that was a good uh, initial quote there that, that, that encompasses a lot of what the book is about. An- another one, influencing behavior by reducing the effort required to perform an action is more effective than increasing someone's desire to do it. So even just the, the way you approach this or, or the, way, the way that you try to get people to use the the, the products or the, the app or, or the design that you're doing. Um, uh, another one, Ian. That, that one actually reminds me a little bit of a book we're going to be doing in a week or two, uh, which is uh, 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 Kahneman's thinking fast and slow, where he talks mm-hmm. a lot about uh, basically the, the, the path of least resistance in terms of thinking and, and doing is generally going to be preferred because of a lot of different mental biases. So if you can find a way to make an make an action easier, then then yeah, that that goes along with those principles. Yep. Um, next one, Ian Bogos, the famed game creator and professor, calls the wave of habit forming technologies the cigarette of this century and warns of their equally addictive and potentially destructive side effects. So the the book did, uh, definitely does not shy away from from the harm that these things can do as well, but but really tries to encourage the 
the reader, uh, whether they're a producer of this content or a consumer, to uh, to focus on on the good things and the good habits that can be formed from uh, from the use of the of these technologies. Yeah. Now, what um, what 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 are some of the ways that he emphasizes doing the right thing or, or shaping this differently? This is one of those things that. Uh, I'm I'm especially curious about. I mean, I I know like Reed Hoffman, for example, the the uh, founder of LinkedIn, uh, an investor at Greylock, and you know one of the early investors with uh, with Facebook and all this, talks about how when he invests, one of the things that he looks for is is a company that basically encourages one of the seven deadly sins. If the company plugs into one of those seven deadly sins, then he's going to be much more interested because he thinks that company is going to have staying power because it's going to, it's going to foster that sort of thing. So, you know, he gives the example that Facebook, for example, plays into our vanity, LinkedIn plays into our greed, uh, those sorts of things. So, uh, and, and actually here's a good quote from, from Hoffman on this. He said, uh, the point is you don't just want a trigger for user behavior. You want a hair trigger. You want to, you want to do this. And then he points out later in this quote, actually, he says, trying to rev up virtuous behavior is much harder to get started. So how then does a all get to, how does he suggest that, that people actually plug into fostering and revving up virtuous behavior when really it is a lot easier to just go and, and plug into the negative emotions or the seven deadly sins. And you look at just how, YouTube, for example, the algorithm at this point seems to be there's a there's a recent article, I believe, in the Atlantic, which we can link in the show notes that talks about how it appears that that the algorithms for YouTube, for example, are fostering more and more extreme stuff because it's more likely to keep people watching because because if you give somebody something that's just slightly more extreme than the thing that they just watched, they're likely to to keep to keep watching, which then fosters more ad revenue for for Google, which yeah, that plugs right into the negative, and it's really easy to see how that negative can work with the um, with making things easy in that regard. But how does how does he suggest making thing getting getting to where we're actually doing it in in positive ways? Well, here's uh, one example he has uh, from a fitness a few different options with fitness apps. So the first the first fitness app had him change behavior. It had him start counting calories, something that he had never done before and, and didn't particularly care to do. And so instead of, um, instead of making him want to work out and, and count calories so that that would help him with, with overall fitness, it had the opposite impact of making him just not ever open up the, the app. He compares that with another fitness app that, uh, that just had him track what he was already doing. So He's not having to change a behavior. It's not, it's, it's not making him think or do something wildly different than what he's used to doing. He does the same thing. So he does a run and, but when he puts the run in, uh, he gets immediate feedback from others, um, encouragement and, and even a question, uh, one, one lady writes and asks about, uh, knee pain and, and what he could do for that. Um, and, and so the, the second option instead allows him to, to, to do what he's normally doing, but then create a community around that. So now he's, he's connected to other runners. He's connected to other people doing uh, similar workouts. And, and then it, 
the app kind of builds around that as opposed to, hey, why don't you start doing some odd behavior that you've never done before? And, and we're going to call that um, fitness tracking. So that that, that was one uh, kind of neat, neat example he gave on, 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 on a way just with a fitness app on, on doing that. Which, by the way, the, 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 these fitness apps, as far as uh, diet and things like that, are still just, I've yet to find one that's even remotely easy to use. And, and I'm fairly technologically oriented, but I've yet to find one that, that actually I, I, I can stick with in terms of you know meals and that sort of thing to, uh, to keep track of that sort of thing. It, it, the person who, who does that, there's a market out there. <laughs> for that if you can if you can master a way to actually get that and make that easy and ah, now there's a market but good luck with that i haven't figured out a way to think it to think that that one through and neither is anybody else yet so i'm sure well, there's think, a way do you think uh do you think it might get easier once we're able to collect more information on uh whether it's in uh glucose glucose levels or uh, different things. So, like right when you eat something, you can see what it does immediately to your body. Yeah, I mean, I think that 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 in terms of blood monitoring and things like that, that stuff is 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 definitely coming, and there's stuff that's going to make that really easy. But in terms of nutritional stuff, in terms of counting calories or dealing with macros or uh, you know that sort of thing, I, I've yet to find any. I, I've yet to come up with any sort of way that I can imagine that being made user-friendly or easy because the, the problem is, yeah, I can, I can plug in like what I get at say Chipotle or uh, you know, if I go to a fast food restaurant or whatever, I can plug in that meal pretty easily if they've got a way to find that. But the problem is as soon as I go home and I have a sandwich, mm-hmm. like how do I, how do I enter yeah. that? Or like I have a thing of spaghetti, like yeah. how, do, how do they know what I put in my spaghetti? Right. Yeah. How, how am I going to, how am I going to handle that? That becomes pretty tricky. So uh, and yeah, they maybe could get some estimates on that, but I've yet to find to think of a a, w- a good way to 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 handle that. And like I said, there's if somebody ever cracks that, there's definitely going to be a market for that. But that's a little different than like the blood monitoring. I think some of that stuff's definitely there. But anyhow, let's uh, get back to the book itself. Um, any other any other quotes that you want to get into before we before we move move in into uh, some other other discussion? Yeah, one one last one. Unfortunately, too many companies build their products betting users will do what they make them do instead of letting them do what they want to do, and that really ties in well with the fitness example we just we just discussed. Um, but I, I even had a uh, favorite word in this one as well. <laughs> I, by the way, on that last quote, it's also interesting that the companies that do that actually sometimes end up pivoting, and it's the pivot that ends up being so. Uh, so productive. So you think about the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Apple had specific ideas. Jobs had specific ideas of what the iPhone would be, which was basically a little touchscreen computer that would double as an i as a, as an iPod. Which is the thing I was most looking forward to. Is like, wait, I can combine my phone and my iPod because yeah. I carried my iPod with me everywhere, and then I could combine it with a phone. Like that's all I wanted. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people started building apps for the thing. And then Apple realized like, wait a second. And they didn't even have like the app store in mind. And then they realized like, wait a second, we could, we can curate this, take a cut of all these apps and make a lot more money. And, 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 and letting people do what they wanted to do ended up being more productive. Although Apple still does manage quite a bit and they've got a pretty heavy hand in terms of what Apple wants people to do and limit, they limit that. But uh, you know, this, 
the the iPhone became what it became as a as a monster product in part because of the jailbreaking community, which introduced an app app store before Apple did. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So yeah, it's it's good to keep an eye on those things to see how how people are using them. Yeah, no doubt. So um, so yeah, you have a favorite word as well. Reactance. From this book, reactance, which is the hair trigger response to threats to your autonomy. And a quote that goes along with that, but you are free to accept or refuse by reminding people of their ability to choose. You give them control. So again, another example of, of just slight little things to, to do within, within the technology or the app uh, to, to give people the, the sense that they are in control. Um, Whether illusory or not, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that popped in my head was, um, which, by the way, Apple, if you if anybody from Apple is listening, the ability to, uh, say, do an easy middle click using your um, your your trackpads would be lovely to be able to customize gestures more to a person's liking would be awesome. Uh, and just general there's there's a lot of general power user stuff that I should have the ability to do such as that. But you haven't enabled and, you know, AL's right here. If you just give me the option to accept or refuse your heavy handed decisions, such as the decision to uh, change every machine to the pseudo natural scrolling, which I have to reverse every time I get an Apple product. <sighs> you know, it would be nice if it gave us a little more autonomy on some of those things. But anyway, I digress bitterly. <laughs> I like it. One other, uh, one other thing that comes to mind is uh, they talked about building in infinite possibilities and how that that can also hook people onto the product. So you think of Facebook. Part of the, part of the the intrigue of Facebook is you 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 don't know what you're going to see anytime you go there. I mean, somebody could have um, had a major event happen to them, and and, uh, and and you see it there first. Uh, just that infinite possibility of of there being something that not not where you're expecting when you when you go there can can lead to a lot of intrigue for for a product yeah and actually you know i i think when i think of infinite possibility the actually the, the facebook isn't the first place that i think of even though it, it makes sense i actually think back to some of the earliest video games that allowed some of that like grand theft auto which is what made grand that made grand theft auto so unique is it mm-hmm. it had all these quests and different things like that but generally speaking nobody played it for that yeah. Right? You played it because you could find all sorts of just weird things to do in the game and you could just go off and do your own thing and and, you know, f- find ways to try to get the entire National Guard and U.S. Army after you or whatever. I mean, there were just there's all sorts of permutations that you could go for that had nothing to do with the basic design of the of the game itself. It was just a wide open world. And that ended up making that game so popular uh, again because of, that. of that 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 addictive quality. And you think of the complexity of that on the on the design side oh of it, though. Goodness. I mean, if you got Super Mario, where they have you have to go. I mean, they they would have a few things where you could you're you're on a line, jump, right? Yeah, jump up, yeah, and, and and go to World Five from World One or whatever. But yeah, you 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 go through and progress in a specific way. But from a from a design and development point of view, I can't imagine the additional complexity oh, of, I, of opening up the system. It's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. yeah. 
So let's go ahead and get to a little bit more um, more specifics. Uh, any other any other details that you want to you want to hit in terms of uh, some of the interesting insights or or case studies or examples from this book before we uh, before we move into some criticism of the book? Yeah, the uh, one chapter was on the a case study of the Bible app, and uh, that's which, an app which that Bible I'm, app? Uh, the Bible app. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> no, I mean, there's one. I mean, if you look up if you look up Bible in the App Store, there's one that's. Uh, I think they've had a hundred million downloads of it. Yeah, hundred millionth install. So um, wow. And, Not what I use. They're. Uh, they had like first mover advantage and, and a lot of different things. And they, they're just constant, constantly updating it and making it simpler. But then they have a lot of uh, social connection points to it where it's easy to share on social media. Um, but it, that was a great ch- chapter because it was, it was towards the end of the book. So you've, you've read all these different examples and then uh, to, for him to go through what uh, the Bible app has done, through through their history starting in 2008 was really fascinating and and uh yeah i i I really liked that chapter that was kind of the main case study in the in the book um actually the the only one where it it takes a whole whole chapter huh that's one that i'm actually kind of interested in picking up the book just a little bit to uh to read maybe that chapter which is you know Mm -hmm. intriguing to me yeah, um, chapter seven. Yeah, so so that one probably worth it for for those interested in in that kind of that kind of case study alone. Um, mm-hmm. But before we before we wrap this, I do want to ask if there's any specific pieces of criticism that you had for this book. Anything in particular that you uh, that that you wish it that you wish had been done differently, or you think could have been done a little bit better. Uh, what 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 are your critiques of this book? Yeah, one is the, that the examples that were used in the book were were very predictable uh, to, to the point where he, he would start off a chapter and then you, you're already thinking, oh, this 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 is a company that does that exactly. And then you would read on and, and that was the company <laughs> that he would highlight in that. And, and I think a lot of this has to do with just the, the uh, some of the podcasts I listen to. And especially if it's a marketing one, there. It, it, it's just, it's really annoying to, to listen and, and for somebody to be, to be asked a question and then their immediate response is, well, Apple did it this way. And so Apple is like the, the go-to for everybody. Everybody uses them as, a, as an example. And to the point where some of these um, podcast inter- interviewers, they'll, they'll say, well, what, what about another company? And, and sometimes people have a hard time coming up with another company. But when, whenever a company is successful, it, it's very easy to point to them and, and as an example for whatever point you're trying to get across. Um, but they're very. This book was full of a lot of the common uh, examples, whether it's IKEA or Facebook or, or uh, just. It, it was too predictable, and and I I, I guess one of the criticisms is I just wish that he would have used some some kind of off the wall ones, especially with you're talking about an app store full of thousands and thousands of, of apps. I think could have had a, a few different examples other than than the main companies out there. Um, a, a second one, it, nothing really mind blowing in in this book. Uh, I know we've talked a lot about um, the power of kind of non-intuitive thinking 
in, that we've come across in the book. And, and those are some of the most powerful lessons. Uh, there wasn't a, wasn't a whole, whole lot of that in, in this book. And then my, my last one's really, really kind of petty, but I, I love writing in the books that I, <laughs> that I get. And I love doing it at the end of the chapter. I, I, I kind of recap the chapter and, um, and that's what I'll go back and look at. Uh, Which, when, by the way, I, there's been some studies that have shown that that is outstanding in terms of its impact on the ability to recall what one reads if you do that as a practice. So kudos to you for for keeping that discipline, because it actually makes you much more likely to to remember what you read than the than the norm. Uh, again, that's one of the practices that is that is most closely linked with uh, remember being able to remember what you read. Well, and it also helps you when you pick up the book again, just to review it, it it's easy. You know, you just go to the end of the, each chapter and, and read the notes that you had instead of trying to go through everything you underlined or, or, or another method. But at the end of each of his chapters, he has a nice little tidy review for you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so that it, it, it made it so that I didn't do my own. Uh, every, everything was already there. So I, I missed out on that. I, I know that's petty, but, um, it was almost like too much handholding. Like, just let me come up with my own review at the end of the chapter. And and it was it was I put here ironically it was an example of reactance to me. Yeah. Uh, and reactance being our 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 favorite my favorite word from the book, um, a hair trigger response to threats to your autonomy. And, and these these end end of the chapter reviews were a were a serious threat to my autonomy. Well, and actually, it sounds like with both things with both of your primary critiques it's it they're they're related one is that he would mention a principle and you would immediately think of the of the example that he then went on to use which then kind of took away a little bit of that steam and then you would go to do your summary and then he did the exact summary or something close to the summary you would have done and then it's like well why am i even reading this so yeah so but yeah part, part of my question on that though was that this book has it's it's a it's a national bestseller. And so a lot of people have read it. So one of my questions was, well, did I hear these examples on podcasts from people who had read this book and then just use the example? So I didn't, I didn't know if, uh, if this was the first, if this was kind of the source for a lot of these examples, or if, if he just used a lot of the same examples that everyone else is using. So don't, don't know that, uh, that answer, but, um, but I, I had heard a lot of these examples before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anything else that you, uh, that you want to, um, that you want to hit before we, uh, before we wrap it up or you want to go ahead and hit the conclusions here? Yeah, let's go into the conclusions. My, uh, this kind of, I I guess, strange to say in, in thinking about a book on, uh, what I said at the beginning of, of, of it being a book for if you're creating the technology or if you're consuming it, um, a lesson I got out of this book was more on with with these products being so addictive and and a book being writ- written about how to hook people into the thing. It, it it makes it just more important for us as people to say no at the beginning of something uh, because if, if it's so easy to get hooked into these things, it's it's going to be a lot harder to say no to something that you you shouldn't be doing or that's, that's taking you away from, from time, uh, with, with, from things you should be doing or, 
or even if it's it's just a it's an app that that you shouldn't be on. Uh, it's 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 important to say no to those things at the beginning. It's a, it's important for those those initial first choices. This is something that we've talked about in, in some of the other books, but that it, that importance of of saying no at the beginning and not uh, not allowing yourself to go into something that you know you shouldn't be doing, uh, especially on the technology side of things. Um, because it's going to be a lot harder when when these companies are getting so good at, at hooking you into to doing something. So that's kind of a, 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 a takeaway that I that I took from this book. And um, but yeah, maybe not maybe not a a, a common takeaway because it, it is more geared towards how to do these things on the technology side or or um, how to think about them on the on the consumer side. Yeah, well, I mean, I th- I think this is this is uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot of reason to spend much more time on a on a book that can be read in about four hours, but yeah. definitely a, a good uh, introduction to a book that uh, I think is going to be interesting for for a number of people in the audience as a result of uh, a number of our listeners as a result of uh, the kind of demographics that we get. So uh, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's a good place to wrap it and. Uh, that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. So once again, before we get before we completely wrap, just a reminder, you can follow along with us in the books that we read at booksoftitans.com. You can interact with us on Twitter, or Instagram at Books of Titans. If you haven't done so, you can also subscribe to this podcast, find all of our past episodes through iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they're called now, uh, the Android Marketplace, uh, Stitcher, your podcast manager of choice. All sorts of different ways to, to get a, get this. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to give us five star reviews. Leave us uh, leave us feedback. It's uh, always very well very well appreciated, and that sort of thing helps us move up in the rankings uh, in terms of people being able to discover the podcast. Definitely share your favorite episodes on social media. We'll be back soon to discuss the next book, which we have not actually determined what that's going to be yet, but it's going to be next week. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, here with Eric Rostad, I'm Jason Staples. This has been the Books of Titans podcast. Keep listening, keep reading, and keep improving. And keep it real. Thanks for listening. I made this.